3: Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. I'm Haley Chura and I'm here with my co-host Alyssa Gadeski, Alyssa. Are you a fan of daylight saving time?
4: That's a great question. I I feel like I'm actually pretty neutral, but um so I I don't have strong feelings one way or the other, but um I tend to like when we fall back instead of springing ahead, um just because I like the sunrises and I like Usually, I'm up early and I like to like see that early when it's like super early and no one else is awake yet, and it's like a private sunrise situation. And so, I'm not as concerned, which I realize is like definitely a privilege of my lifestyle um, with like daylight hours after working time and stuff. Cause typically, I can kind of get done a lot of my training in the daylight no matter what time of year it is, which is nice. Um, so I don't have strong feelings, but I do enjoy how happy it does make a lot of people. So I like to see that. How about you? Oh, I have strong feelings. <laughs> I am. I love daylight
3: saving time. I love I love that it's daylight right now when we're recording because I maybe it's part of it is living further north because when it's during standard time, you end up with it gets dark at like 4 p.m. And so it's getting dark in like the three o'clock hour. And honestly, sometimes I can't get all, I I don't love, I, I prefer if I'm gonna run in the dark, I like early morning dark more than I like evening dark. And so I just feel like there's something about it, like dark getting to light that I don't mind versus it's getting dark and it's three o'clock and I'm trying to get out the door, you know, that kind of thing or running in the dark at night. I don't, it feels colder to me. I, it probably is in my head, but, I love the extra daylight now. I feel like it's just so nice. Um, I walked cowboy last night, you know, after six and it was warm and sunny and uh, it was just so nice. And I feel like I get up when it's dark. I wake up when it's dark no matter what, um, or not no matter what, but like most of the time for swimming, I guess sometimes in the very middle of summer here in Montana, it's sometimes light out at like 5 a.m. And if, if you, you've done Coeur d'Alene, like Iron Man Coeur d'Alene or Iron Man 70.3 Coeur d'Alene, and that one, I guess because of where Coeur d'Alene is, it's like on the very eastern side of the Pacific time, it's light at like. It's like light, bright light at 4 a.m. Yeah,
4: (laughs) it's like ride your bike to transition and not worry about a headlamp kind of early at 4.30 when you're going to transition or whatever. Yeah, so
3: far north (laughs) and so far east in that time zone. But yeah, that's so I feel like I have I'm happy. I am. I'm in the happy camp right now of enjoying a little
4: extra daylight later in the day. Well, it's been it was kind of a I felt like a happy week all around for myself, minus even daylight savings time, Haley, because It was like a full Iron Women packed Friday for me. Um, It started off with I got to I got to swim with someone in separate lanes. But um, Nicole Falcara was in town. So her boyfriend and her came down. They were staying just outside of Culpeper where I am. And um, just to do a little like ride ride vacation, I guess, get away and do a little bit of training. And she touched base with me and I said, do you know I have a swim on Friday? Let's do it! And she was pumped. Um, so we got to we got to swim together. It was really fun for both of us because that happens like so few and far between these days. So it's always fun to catch up with another pro, and it really made me miss like training camp environment type of thing. Um, but thanks Nicole for showing up and being willing to do uh, a Hillary Biscay special swim. Those are always fun, um, and then. You know, we got coffee, I went back home and then it was a big day again of iron women, iron womening because Challenge Miami was broadcast on Friday. Haley, did you catch that? I did. And first of all, I do want to shout out, Nicole was on our podcast
3: like a year ago, right? I think it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic, we talked to her and she was um, talking about leaving New York City to... Avoid work from home life, and you know, in a in a one bedroom apartment. But um, so that's very cool that you got to meet up with her. She was a fun guest, and um. But going back to the race challenge, Miami. Yes, I did watch it. I paid my dollar ninety nine, and I said I, I paid early. three ninety nine
4: because I dragged three? through my feet. Yeah, what? It went up to three ninety nine. It was three oh, didn- ninety nine the day of, and I was like, <sighs> I guess. I guess you're (laughs) worth it. Challenge Miami. I got the two. I'm going to go. I like
3: got my coffee for free. My $2 coffee or not for free, but like for I, I, uh, I feel like I, yeah, anyway. But I was in there.
4: I was earning my money. I was, like, commenting on people. I was, like, replying I, to people. People were like, which pro has four kids? I was like, Sarah Bishop, boop, boop, boop. And then I, they were like, my video's messed up. I was like, must be just yours because mine's great. <laughs> oh, that's so,
3: I didn't watch it with the, co- I watched it with the comments off. I actually oh. was not watching the comments. I should have been. I didn't realize you were on their comments. It was pretty fun,
4: yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, so it kept me entertained.
3: Um, but it was a fantastic race. I mean, the coverage was was great and Um, I mean, it is, it is fun in those kind of those race car settings where they can get the cameras everywhere. I mean, that, that lake, I mean, sometimes it was, it felt like a lot of loops, like everything felt like a lot of loops. (laughs) And I was like, I was getting a little lost, but I feel like they did a good job, um, commentating great filming. My, my one complaint I think was the one that people were complaining about. And I imagine you saw this when they cut away during the run to show us Jan Frodeno getting ready for the swim.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
3: <laughs> and I, I was like, what in the world? No, this run is so exciting.
4: Yeah. I actually started like refreshing and re- I thought like I had lost, like I thought I had clicked over to the men's race or something. And I thought I had like lost something. And then I was like, oh no, they're just, they're just showing on instead of the actual race that's happening.
3: <laughs> I know. I wish they had been able to do things a little bit more like Daytona and show two totally separate races because, um, the run is so fun to watch, you know, and I think they did a good job of showing, you know, not just first place person you know they showed and they had commentary they had alicia k on on the ground again kind of actually talking about people moving up and um showing paces and they show the leaderboard, which is just it's fantastic it's fantastic for the sport it was so fun i i was trying to like do other things again while watching and i end up just sitting there so it definitely i had a like text thread going on and chat group chat whatever and it was just very very fun but um and we we did get a little bit of a scoop from one of the athletes. So we have that coming up from Jackie Herring, who finished third on, you know, what it was like to be in the race. So that's kind of fun too. We have that in that conversations coming up here in a bit.
4: I don't think, unfortunately for us though, our, our picks that we made shook out too well for us. Um, We definitely didn't do our research because we both missed Sarah Perez, um, which she put on quite a show for us. And that was pretty exciting to, to get to see, um, and Lauren Brandon wasn't even racing. She was, I believe, one of my picks. Um, and I saw her Instagram that, like, she, I was like, she, I think Instagram that she was watching the race. And I was like, uh, wait a second. <laughs> like, I actually picked you. So if you can, you could actually now fly there and get in the race, that would be great for me. Um, so I don't, th- I'm, I'm even trying. I think, did I pick Paula? I don't know. I don't know who I picked. No, you picked like, like Annie Haug who got like yeah. COVID <laughs> and then you picked
3: Lauren Brandon. I think you picked Meredith Kessler. Who, who oh, was there? She Meredith- got 10th. She finished 10.
4: Meredith had a solid day, so that was, yeah. She was, like, my, yeah, my super. grace of anything. My picks
3: didn't really pan out super well either. I mean, we do – we hope Annie Haug, who did test positive for COVID just a couple days before the race, was not able to race. Um, We hope she has a smooth recovery from that. Um, But – she was definitely a race favorite did not even start and then vanilla language i think didn't finish so i don't think i i picked jackie as a dark horse which again i probably shouldn't have because i feel like she probably was more of a favorite that was like a,
4: a tender she, yeah
3: but she ended up on the podium <laughs> and we talking to her so um but it was super fun and sarah perez from spain itu athlete her very first long distance you know long course race and she's out there leading lucy charles on the bike which was just incredible to watch i mean in swimming with lucy and it was i mean it's fun to see people like that coming out you just we don't get that very often i guess right where it's like a surprise and that was a surprise so congratulations sarah she finished fourth but it was an
4: impressive debut yeah and with belinda's commentary is always entertaining you can sit and watch things that she's comment Belinda, Belinda Granger, um, you know, she'll keep you entertained through any race of any distance, I think. And then, and I think they have kind of like the stats compiled from Torsten Rad, who is a friend of the podcast. And so I think, you know, with Belinda's knowledge from her own career and just being on top of challenge racing for so long now, um, and then those like stats and stuff compiled from Torsten, I think are at their fingertips through the broadcast, it makes for some really good commentary through the whole thing. So um, good job, Challenge Miami. And hopefully that is just the start of some more races coming up. And as Haley, as you said, we are talking to Jackie Herring. But first, we have an exciting giveaway to tell people about. Oh, my week. goodness. A giveaway. What, what's the prize? Well, the prize is a free entry to the Women's Performance Summit, which is happening in March. March 26th to the 28th by Live Feisty. Um, It's going to be a super, super cool weekend virtual summit, I should say. 26th, 27th and 28th. Healy, our keynote speakers are like off the off the chain. Do people still say that off the hook? I think, sure, you said it. So I think people still say it. At least one person still says it. <laughs> you can be that person, um, Alyssa. So who, who are the know. keynote speakers? Okay, so we have Myrna Valerio, Dr. Stacy Sims, Alexandra Huchin, Alexandra, Alexandra Huchin, Taylor Tracy, and they're covering topics from, geez, everything from... Dr. Stacey Sims is talking on, has the patriarchy shaped our absolutes? And Alexandra is speaking, um, in case you don't know who she is, she comes to us from an ultra endurance mountain bike races, race background, which I mean, Haley, you know, I've been on my mountain bike, so I'm really excited to hear from her. So there are, we're just going to have a really wide variety of people speaking through the weekend. It should be really educational, informative, inspirational, all of the above, And if you would like a free ticket to the Women's Performance Summit, all you have to do is leave a rating or review on the Iron Women podcast, app of your choice, wherever you get your podcast and you listen to Iron Women. Go on there, leave us a rating and review, screenshot it, and then throw that post up onto Instagram or Facebook, your story or something like that, however you want to do it, um, and tag Feisty Triathlon and Live Feisty Media. So that will get you entered. How long do people have
3: to do this? Because this show is, you know, it's coming out on Thursday, March 18th. And the summit starts the 26th. Do we know when the winner is being announced? I don't know if we, we don't know that. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll put that in our show notes.
4: We'll, we'll update <laughs> yeah. you on that next week. Don't delay. It's get a virtual it done summit. Quick. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. Don't delay. Get it done as soon as you can. I would say maybe a week, right? Probably. Yeah. so if you
3: yeah within the week hopefully <laughs> um but don't delay listen yeah, you know leave us a rating now. review um let us know how we're doing and then screenshot that rating review tag at feisty triathlon and at @livefe- live at live feisty you can also tag Alyssa and i just so we see it and then you will be entered to win a a ticket to the women's performance summit so great great prize and it helps us out too so everyone wins um and
4: uh are we are we ready for the first interview we have two interviews this week yeah so we, are we, we ready tell you, we have a twofer so this is like get ready and settle in because this is a, a fun day of two interviews
3: right and so as we mentioned at challenge miami last weekend the podium ended up being uh jody Stimson was the winner and from Great Britain, great win there. She I think it was her first win in five years. So it's pretty cool to see her back on top. Uh, Lucy Charles Barclay was second, also from Great Britain. And third place was Jackie Herring uh, from the United States. And Jackie is our first guest. She's giving us a recap of her race in Miami and she has been a past iron woman guest. She's an Ironman champion, 70.3 champion, and she has been on fire in recent times, even throughout the pandemic in Swift racing and in a few races that have happened. So she's going to tell us a little bit more about her race in Miami right after the break.
2: Hi folks, Sarah here, the founder of Live Feisty Media, the company that produces the podcast you're currently listening to. I just wanted to jump in here and invite you to our latest initiative here at Live Feisty, the Feisty Women's Performance Summit. On March 26th to 28th, we will be serving up a virtual summit like no other, designed specifically for active feisty women or anyone who wants to know how women can get the best out of our bodies throughout our lives. I think we all kind of figured out by now that a lot of sports and nutrition science studies, product and performance research is done on men and are a little confused maybe about what actually applies to us as women. So we collected experts from several arenas, physiology, psychology, nutrition, science, and social sciences to get some answers. The Feisty Women's Performance Summit includes 20 educational sessions, plus networking events, group workouts, and an expo full of supportive brands. I seriously hope you can join us on March 26th to 28th, 2021. Tickets are only $149 and all sessions will be recorded and can be viewed up to two weeks after the event. For more information or to sign up, go to womensperformancesummit.com. The link will be in the show notes, of course. That's womensperformancesummit.com. See you there, feisty friends.
3: Jackie, huge congratulations on your third place finish at Challenge Miami this past weekend. It looked like a sprint finish for that final podium spot between you and Sarah Perez. So can we start this conversation by you telling us about that finish?
5: Yes. Um, sprint is a very kind word for what my run is. Uh, I don't think I actually have a sprint. Um, but this, the finish, I think, was more of the last lap. So I heard them say that I, she was 30 seconds ahead of me when I um, kind of crossed the finish area for the last lap. And in my quick calculations, I realized that depending on how it went, I may or may not catch her, but I decided to give it a shot. And um, I just ran as hard as I could. And it was it wasn't finally until that very last corner that I caught her and then I knew she was an ITU girl. So I thought I better just start sprinting, you know, in quotes as fast as I could, because I thought for sure her actual sprint would be much faster than me. So it was
3: a long, did you know know that was the podium? Did you know that was third place?
5: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, well, I knew she had been out front. I was well, yes, because we could hear the speaker. We could hear the announcers. So they were talking. Every time you came through the finish line, you could hear them talking about the lead gals. And then when I would go through, they would say like they would either be talking about the top three. And then I just figured out that that I was coming up into that area, I think. Well,
4: it definitely looked like on the coverage, you were moving
5: quite quickly and it it did make for
4: some exciting viewing of the race. So there was that too. And Jackie, in your post-race interview, you described the race as punchy and credited your performance to the Zwift racing that you did the past couple months. So can you tell us about how your winter, which is filled with e-racing, even like snowshoeing, right? Has become a benefit for you on what looked like a hot, windy technical course.
5: Yeah, it was, it was an absolutely brutal um, course and conditions. It was, I would put it right up there with one of the hardest conditions. And um, yeah, the type of training I do over the winter is is a lot like any person who lives um, in a wintry climate, I think. I think we, or maybe not, I'm not sure. I, I change it up. I don't um, focus on any volume. I do a lot of short stuff, a lot of hard stuff, and um, just run trails and hills and run outside. And, and that course in particular was suited to that because with the wind and the corners, you were not just settling into a rhythm the way that we like to in long course triathlon. It wasn't like that. It was just each little section was its own little thing. And you had to just work that section, um, each little, you know, 17 times in a row, times four little sections, um Sometimes going hard and sometimes going not so hard and yeah i I love having a bike ride broken up like that, so I thought it was a great great challenge, and so different than so many things we do in long course and you live and train in Madison, Wisconsin, but
3: you do raced really well in the heat. And I think it was around 80 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, in the afternoon in Miami last weekend. And a year ago, you won Campeche 70.3, which was another midday race in hot conditions in Mexico. So do you do anything specific in your training or in your nutrition to prepare for races in climates that are so different than what you're living in at home?
5: I do absolutely nothing to prepare for that. Um, I think, Somehow my body just seems to race well in the heat. It does. It feels. It just doesn't feel that bad to me. I I just really enjoy it. I don't. I don't know. I don't focus on it either. I just let it be. And I think the fact that I, you know, I've raced well in Mexico a lot of times, and I always do fine in Kona. Just that. I think also having the confidence that I have had many races go well in those conditions. Um, kind of also helps me mentally not be like scared about it and just feel like I can go out there and I know I can um, do well in these conditions. It does make you wonder
4: how many people just psych themselves out with the mental side of the heat, right? Because stories obviously abound about like Kona and play, you know, just all the hot races and things like that. And I think it's quite easy to have that mental side become a bigger piece. So your kind of strategy does seem like something people should maybe take to heart.
5: Yeah. And I think the same on the mental aspect, I think a similar thing was happening with the cornering um, at this race. Everybody was kind of freaking out. And at first I got in that space too, where I was like, Oh my, we're not used to these hairpin corners. And then I was like, wait a minute. I've been riding my bike for, you know, at least 15 years, I know how to go around corners, like, and then I started doing this pep talk, like, I'm a cyclist, I'm going to crush these corners instead of getting all like, you should have heard the, the pre-race chatter was, was just crazy about these corners. Like we've never ridden our bike around a corner. We can do this. We're <laughs> professional athletes. So it was, I think a lot of that was, was mental, like how you're thinking about it as well.
4: And Jackie, you finished 19th at Challenge Daytona last December, and we're pretty sure you actually served two penalties in that race. So did you learn, you know, from that about racing in the Speedway venue when you were in Daytona that helped set you up for a stronger day in Miami?
5: Yeah. Um, yeah. Those penalties, I learned something from that. I don't know if it was specific to um um, um a racing on a racetrack. I learned... It was kind of like, I think, a little similar to what happened to Lucy over the weekend at Miami. When you don't race for a while, you're just a little bit rusty and you're not just all the details of race day aren't as smooth as they are as if when you're racing frequently. And my penalties at Daytona were uh, honestly very questionable calls. And some of them were addressed in some with some rule changes for this race um, thankfully. So that's a whole nother story. Um, but I did learn to be very careful and I dismount. One of them was, I went just a hair a little over the dismount line. So I dismounted my bike, like two bike lengths before the dismount line this time, just to be extremely sure that I got it. (laughs) So (gasps) learn that. We did
3: see Lucy Charles Barclay, crash while dismounting and I think she was trying to avoid going over the dismount line so that was I it was one of those things that was terrible to watch on (laughs) the screen because you're like is she okay but um yeah that, that the draft or not drafting I guess it wasn't drafting but the what side do you pass on? I'm like, it was, I was wrapping my head around that one too. I mean, it's, I know that sometimes what side you're supposed to be on and what side you're supposed to pass on is a little bit easier when you're in the race, but when you're watching, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're just all over the course. Everyone's all over the course. (laughs) It was hard to keep everyone straight. And like you said, 17 laps, like the mental fatigue that's part of that is hard. Yeah,
5: it was, it was challenging. And especially with a lot of the gals getting lapped and being nervous in the corners and everybody literally taking whatever line around the corners. Um, there was definitely some tricky times I think. And I think she just got trapped in a tricky moment and, and a little bit of bad luck.
3: Yes. Um, but you going back to you, you are one of the fastest runners in the sport. And last weekend your run split was second only to race winner Jody Stimson. So, Carbon plates and super foam are hot topics in running shoes these days. Yeah, I believe you raced in the Newton Distance shoes, which do not have a carbon plate. So can you tell us a little bit about your shoe choice?
5: I just wear, I've been wearing the same shoes for, I don't know, seven years. Um, Ever since I switched to these shoes, I have not been injured and I'm not messing with it. Feels good. Feels good. I love running. I feel great. I don't, I don't really care if another shoe makes me a tiny bit faster. I just like wearing these shoes. I'm not going to buy shoes. (laughs) Newton's my sponsor and I, I just don't want to buy shoes. That's it. It's pretty simple. Well, Jackie, uh-huh. thanks so much for taking the time to do
4: a little recap of the race with us. Nice. Your little bit old school and simple approach definitely resonates with me and I, I think it's like super refreshing to hear. So um congratulations. It was exciting to watch it pay off for you with that um third place finish. And do we know
5: do you know what's coming up next for you? Is it too early to tell? <sighs> Nobody knows what's gonna happen. Um I think we can all just, we're all kind of holding our breath to see if Ironman can get it together here. Um, if, if they get it together, I'm aiming at St. George 70.3 in May um, as, as my next big one. I'm going to do a real big block um, and try and have a good race there.
3: Alyssa, I know I go on and on about your fastest known times on 100 and 200 mile courses, but just last month, you talked about running 35 second, two hundreds on the track, that's sub five minute mile pace. How do you transition so well between super endurance and super speed training?
4: Well, Haley, one of my top priorities is taking really good care of my body before, during, and after every run this year, I started using Prevenex joint health plus, and I've definitely felt a direct benefit to my training. The active ingredients in Joint Health Plus are clinically proven to reduce joint pain and stiffness. Less joint pain means faster run splits and better recovery for tomorrow's run. You don't have to
3: run as far or as fast as Alyssa to benefit from Prevenix's Joint Health Plus. And in just 7 to 10 days of using Joint Health Plus, you should notice a difference. If by chance you don't feel any benefits, Prevenix offers a 100% refund, no questions asked. Everyone wants to feel good when they swim, bike, run, or even walk. Alyssa and I both highly recommend you head to Prevenix.com and use the code IRONWOMAN15 and get 15% off your first order. Again, that website is Prevenix, P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com and discount code IRONWOMAN15.
4: Thanks again to Jackie for coming on and giving us that little race recap from Challenge Miami. Uh, Always fun to hear from her and our fingers are crossed that racing continues and Jackie can continue to showcase that fitness this season. And Haley, we have another returning guest coming on to give us a little catch up this week, right? Yes. So if you remember last
3: uh, June, I think we talked to Julie M. T. Walker, the founder, CEO, and president of the Atlanta Tri Sisters, and Julie's back, and she's brought a couple friends. Um, co- joining Julie this week is Dr. Deborah Carlton, who's also the vice president and treasurer of the Atlanta Tri Sisters, and Melanie Reed, who is the secretary. So we have the whole board of the Atlanta Tri Sisters, and again, this is a triathlon group based in Atlanta, and. When we talked to Julie last year, it was right after she had won the Spirit of the Multisport Award from USA Triathlon and and she talked about her relationship with the other women in the group and this group that she had started with six or seven members that has grown to 60 or 70 members now. And so we were super excited that we get to meet more of the women who are part of the Atlanta Tri Sisters. We find out how these women met, we learned a little bit more about Deborah and Melanie's own triathlon stories and all of them gave me the scoop on what's new for the Atlanta Tri-Sisters. And Alyssa, you're gonna to wanna to hear what's new. It, there's so many exciting new things happening in 2021 with this group.
4: Haley, I've been doing some research on winter adventures and hiking, and guess what one of the most important gear pieces is for winter hiking? Hmm, a really warm coat, snowshoes, and ice axe? Okay, well, maybe those, but also sunscreen. It's not just a summer product, and that is why my Zelios Sun Barrier is still at the top of my pack. Thanks for the tip, Alyssa. If any of our listeners want to top off their hiking packs
3: with Zelios Sun Barrier or their gym bags with Zelios Race Relief Recovery Gel, Swim and Sport Shower Products, or Betwixt Anti-Chafe Chammy Cream, use code IRONWOMEN for 20% off at TeamZelios.com. Welcome, Julie Walker, Melanie Reed, and Deborah Carlton to the Iron Women podcast. Since we have all three of you on this call, I think we should start with a quick introduction so our listeners can hear your voices. So can you each tell me who you are and what your role is within the Atlanta Tri-Sisters? Julie, since you're returning guests, let's start with you.
6: Thank you, Haley, for having me back. My most important title of who I am is the mom of my two sons, Josh and Matt, tax attorney, former judge, activist, visionary leader, one of these athletes playing tennis for 18 years, a triathlete, and the proud founder and CEO of Atlanta Tri-Sisters, Inc., and I will be 66 years young this month.
3: Oh, nice. Happy early birthday. And Deborah, let's follow up with you.
7: Sure, Haley. Thanks so much for having us on the call. I've been excited about it. Well, I'm Deborah Carlton, as you mentioned. My roles are the following. Wife, sister, mother, grandmother, triathlete, and I'm a physician to name a few. I've been with the Atlanta Tri Sisters since 2014. I am on the board of directors and my positions are vice president and treasurer. And since we're telling our ages, by the
1: way, I'm 67.
3: Love it. And um, Melanie, how
1: about you? Thanks Haley, it's nice to meet you. I'm Melanie Reed and I'm the secretary for Atlanta Tri Sisters. I'm a mom, also a grandmother a retired court reporter and a former marathon runner.
3: Uh, Former, I think that marathon runner is kind of like Olympian. Like once you've done it, you can always claim that title. So. All right. So when we talked to Julie last May, she called you two, Deborah and Melanie, her ride or die Tri Sisters. And she really thanked you for your support of her and ATS, especially in the past five years. So I'd love to start this conversation by hearing how the three of you met. So let's start with Melanie. How long have you known Julie and Deborah, and when did you first join the Atlanta Tri Sisters?
1: Mm, I became familiar with Julie because Julie had cases in our courtroom. And in 2013, she invited my judge to join the organization. So my judge invited me and I said, why not? My judge was doing her bucket list of things. And her first thing was motorcycles. And we had just finished our motorcycle adventure. And so now it was on the triathlons. So in 2014, I was 57 then, and I joined the triathlon group. And that's where I met Deborah. And Deborah and I just fell in sync with each other. It just so happened; it happened so naturally that we just sort of we were equal in our skill set. So it just worked out really well.
3: And Deborah, is that how you remember things happening? Yes, pretty
7: much. Um, Julie and I actually knew each other for several years before I joined Atlanta Tri Sisters. We were both members of a mother and children's organization and we were friendly acquaintances at the time. Once I joined Atlanta Tri Sisters and we began to train together, I learned so much more about Julie and there is a lot to appreciate about her. One very special (laughs) thing is how encouraging she is toward everyone. She calls herself our motivational coach and it is so true. She's always cheering everyone on and encouraging us to give our all in training in preparation for our first F in life, F for finishing our race, whatever that was. Now, Julie's health journey has also been a motivator for me. And I think she may may have shared on the previous podcast that she had a kidney transplant several years ago. Now, early on after joining Atlanta Tri Sisters, Julie told us the story of her transplant. And one part that struck me was that she decided that she needed to get in shape and preparation for the transplant. For her, that meant training for a triathlon. Now, isn't that something? Who, who does that? <laughs> well, I found it very motivating and, and who wouldn't? Now, Melanie and I, as Melanie said, we, we met uh, at swim practice. From the start, Melanie was friendly and kind and very funny. And Melanie, I don't know if you think you're funny, but you really are. <laughs> I, would also, I didn't know that <laughs> you are. I would also <laughs> describe Melanie as steady and level-headed. At practices, we were often in the same swim lane or running and biking together. As Melanie said, we were at about the same level then, but Melanie quickly pulled ahead of me. And Melanie is one of those people who just does it. So if I was not feeling in the mood to practice or if I felt like quitting, Mel- Melanie was always the person who kept me going.
1: You know, I still can't keep up with Deborah on the bike. So <laughs> I've, I've heard
3: Deborah's
6: <laughs> She's. She's yeah, she's far. Yes. <laughs> she is <a> the Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> you all are very kind.
3: <laughs> and Julia, do you have anything to add to uh, meeting, you know, Melanie and Deborah and becoming Ride or Die Tri Sisters?
6: Well, Melanie and Deborah are dedicated and disciplined triathletes. And they continue to inspire me with their training efforts. They represent a model to emulate. To that end, I am motivating Deborah and Melanie to do a half Ironman in 2022 after the St. Anthony's Triathlon if COVID-19 permits. You know I'm going to be their loudest cheerleader and their sofa. (laughs)
3: <laughs> all right this is some breaking news wait have you picked a race I know it's 2022 it's a little ways out but are you eyeing any races um Melanie you're shaking your head do you have well well, well I've just- kind of looked oh you have okay Deborah's looked. <laughs> okay so, well,
7: Melanie said that she's been looking so I think there are three that we should look at not do three but there Chattanooga has one There's one in Augusta, which is in September, October, but Melanie found one in Memphis, which is I think pretty new, which is I think in the early fall. So we've we've got a range of choices here.
3: Yeah, Melanie, do you have a favorite of those three? It sounds like mostly Southeast, stay in the Southeast. You can get there pretty quick and easy and Julie can get there to cheer.
1: Yeah. No, I don't have a favorite. We'll just figure it out as we go.
3: I think those are all, all all very, very good options. I've done Chattanooga and Augusta and, um, fantastic races. I haven't. Um, race, the half Ironman in Memphis is new. So that one I haven't done yet, but I did run my first marathon in Memphis. So I'm pulling for any of those three, but, um, going back Deborah. So Julie has bragged about you as an athlete and how you went from doing your first super sprint triathlon in St. Anthony's Meek and mighty. So super sprint in 2015 to finishing top five in your age group at the Olympic distance race there just three years later. So can you tell us about your progression in the sport?
7: Sure, sure I can. I wanna start though by acknowledging that my first attempt at a try was when I was about 55. And I have to call this out because I have to honor my sister, Pam and my oldest daughter, Mariah, who did it with me. And it was an open water uh, try in Florida. Now, unlike Pam and Mariah, I wasn't ready and I should not have even been there because I really couldn't swim. And it it really wasn't safe, honestly. But now having gotten that off my chest, fast forward to 2014 when I joined Atlanta Tri Sisters. Now in joining them, I had a real swim coach, someone who would not only train me, but also tell me the truth about whether I was ready or not. So in 2015, I did two races at St. Anthony's their Meek and Mighty, which is the 200 yards in the pool, five miles on the bike, and a one mile run. I was pretty anxious because I felt that I was barely ready for the swim, but I made it and actually placed first in my age group. I had never won a trophy before, and I was really stoked. The next day, I did a sprint relay where I did the bike leg. And by the way, I did have the fastest bike time in my age group in the relay. And then the next year, um, I thought I would be ready for St. Anthony's Sprint, which has an open water swim. But by the time March rolled around, I just didn't feel comfortable that I would be ready just a month later. So I found a swimmer and I did the bike and the run. Now we get to 2017. And I was determined that I was gonna do an open water swim in 2017 at St. Anthony's. So I signed up for the Olympic distance, not a relay, but the entire thing. I had an excellent coach, Drelly Bashir, who made sure that I was ready. And in fact, he sneaked this in on me one Sunday, maybe about three weeks before. He had me come to the pool really early one Sunday morning and he had me do 20 hundreds timed and at the end of it i was exhausted but he just nodded his head and he said you'll be fine and so now we get to the race it's time for the race and in spite of all that i had done all that training i was so afraid i i cried the day before i i think i yelled at somebody the day before which is <laughs> really uncharacteristic of me I was, it really is yeah. it really is
3: <laughs> i can tell i can add to that too because we've just had some technical difficulties just getting this call and deborah was the calmest but anyway keep going
7: <laughs> <laughs> and and the day of the race i i actually thought about not doing it um, and it didn't help that the water was really really rough that day what got me through was my training my coaching and the fact that I had told so many people about it and the thought of telling them that I couldn't get in the water was just unbearable. And also Julie and I were together that day and the day before and she was just a calming presence. So at race time, I walked into the water, I started swimming and I just kept swimming. And yes, the podium included fifth place so I got on the podium that day. Um, and so at, uh, St. Anthony's Olympic distance has become my race. I did it again in 2018 and 2019 would have done it last year and this year, had it not been for COVID, but I'll do it again in 2022. And then as we were talking about set my sights on a, on a um, half Ironman.
3: Oh, I love that story. Thank you so much. And I, I, I mean, you're getting, I'm like, okay, can I get to one? I want to be at that half Ironman too. So you have to keep me posted. Um, hopefully they'll have a pro race. Otherwise maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll cheer with Julie, but, um, Melanie kind of going back to that 2015 meek and mighty race. I think that was your triathlon as well, or your first triathlon as well, but you have also competed in sprint and Olympic distance races. So what other races have you done?
1: Um, after you do the Meek and Mighty, they encourage you, they strongly encourage you to move on up to the next level. So then I just decided I would go ahead and do the sprint. So I trained at some local um, sprints here. I did the Georgia Peach Women's Sprint, Lake Lanier, and the um, Georgia Masters game, the swim there. And so then it was time. I did the sprint in St. Anthony's, and that's when I decided I prefer the lakes rather than the ocean, but being a tri-sister, you got to do St. Anthony's Olympic. So I started training for that. And in the mean, during that training, I ended up having to have surgery on my feet. So I was able to do the relay Olympic. And so that's what I've had to do from now on. But in, 2019, I had the privilege to train with Janelle Alexander, who was a member of Atlanta Tri Sisters. and she was doing her first half Ironman. And we did a lot of training, a lot of swimming in the lake and a lot of bike riding. and we traveled to Tennessee and we did the uh, Chattanooga waterfront. And we did the Eddie Farrell Music City tribe. That was my favorite. We had to jump off the river boat in the cold water. And we learned a real good lesson then because um, it was July, it was hot, but the water was cold. So always take your wetsuit, always.
3: Did you you have a wetsuit or did you
1: just do it? We did not. We, (laughs) so when we (laughs) jumped in, it was that moment of freeze. And then you start to swim, (laughs) but after, but after that, I realized that I really enjoyed the half Ironman distances. So I think that's what I want to do. I want to do a half Ironman relay since I can't run anymore. All right.
3: Do you, have you picked out who's going to be your runner or
1: not yet?
3: Oh, so an open call or like on the team—you you'll find someone. You have si- your team is like sixty deep. Someone wants to run. <laughs>
6: <laughs> we'll find her a runner. You yes. know I will. You oh know yes, I will. yes,
3: I know. Chief motivation officer here. She will. She will do it so. Julie, when Alyssa and I talked to you about Atlanta Tri Sisters last May. You had some exciting things in the work, including a new website, which I think has officially launched at Tri-Sisters.org. So what else is new with the Atlanta Tri Sisters in 2021?
6: Well, let me start out with sharing the Atlanta Tri Sisters mission. The mission of Atlanta Tri Sisters Inc. is to introduce the sport of triathlon, swim, Bike one to the Black community to positively impact its health and fitness, and to diversify the sport of triathlon. Atlantic tri System serves as a resource to educate Black women and their families in swimming, cycling, and running. Atlantic tri System provides a training program for first time uh, triathletes and um, as well as intermediate and advanced triathletes. Atlantic Tri-Sisters expands its influence by collaborating with other black organizations that provide swim cycling and run training opportunities. Atlantic tri Systems has four events that we are planning for 2021. First and most exciting is Deborah and I are going to complete the certification course to become a USA Triathlon level one race director. And the most exciting fabulous thing <laughs> that we hope can happen is, Atlanta Tri-Sister, we are planning our inaugural Super Sprint for the class of 2020, who trained for five long months and could not cross the finish line for the Meek and Mighty Race at St. Anthony's Triathlon in April 2020 due to COVID. We are only allowing a maximum of 10 participants to make the race COVID-19 safe. It will be a 200-yard swim, a 5.5-mile bike ride, and a 1.1-mile one. Our phenomenal USA Triathlon Level 1 coach Ilonja way has provided us with a training plan for our members participating in our very first Super Sprint. We are waiting on the venue to approve our application for Sunday, June 6, 2021, APS Super Sprint. Melanie will tell you about our other two events.
3: All right. Well, first, I do want to pause because this is huge news. This is very <laughs> exciting. I think last year when we talked... It was, you know, I think we talked in May. So St. Anthony's had just been postponed, but we we're still kind of hopeful it might be happening later in the year. Obviously, wasn't. So I think this is really cool that you are still making this opportunity for those athletes who who did train, like you said, for five months and didn't get to cross that finish line, get that that F that they want. And um, but you're gonna still make it happen. So so that's really cool. I hope that you know we can follow that, and um, somehow we'll have to. You know, hopefully you could some po or photos posted on your uh, on the web, new website at least. But okay, Melanie, so what are the other two? Because I'm like, if these are the first two, I can't imagine what the second two are.
1: Oh, no, we're, just, we're planning later in the year, uh, COVID safe, open water sprint with a maximum of 10 people, including a relay team, a couple of relay teams. And then in the fall, we're going to do a bike event, and the distances are going to be 20, 30, 40, and 65 miles.
3: Great. And so are these going to be, I mean, imagine 10 people, pretty small, um, just Atlanta Tri Sisters members. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. But um, it sounds like with, you know, Julie and Debra getting that USAT race director certification that, maybe these can be test events for the future that you are up to something. I mean, it sounds, Deborah's shaking her head. Is that, yes. is that kind of the idea?
6: Yeah, yes, right. that's the idea because we know there's an added expense for people to drive to St. Anthony's and St. Petersburg. They have to get a hotel room. They have to transport their bikes. So our hope is not only will we do St. Anthony's, but in our future, we will do Atlanta uh, triathlons. Our group will um, put them on. So um, the other thing I wanted to add is that ATS provides our members a first class six month training program with certified coaches and swim bike, one and strength training that can transform a non athlete to a first time triathlete. Our training program is very comprehensive such that the majority of our first time triathletes return to train for the open water sprint, and Olympic races at St. Anthony's Triathlon. And you know who is the one that motivates them to move on. <laughs> okay, one meek and mighty down. You can only do a maximum of two. Then you have to go to the open water. You know that's how I am, hey <laughs> I, I think true. it is
3: great. Yeah, and you have, you know, your sisters are here uh, backing you up But um, I I know that you all, you do a lot of group training. So Melanie, how have the Atlanta Tri-Sisters stayed motivated, connected, and maybe even trying to recruit these new members? Tell about all these, you know, these perks that you get during a pandemic when you can't just have a big meeting.
1: So what ATS has done is uh, during this time is we've had the members get accountability partners and that's worked really well. We're all on Group Me and we talk regularly and everybody is trying to uh, maintain a base, baseline of fitness. Almost daily, somebody is posting pop-up bike rides or runs in various, dis- various distance and locations. Several members have returned to the pool to swim and some have joined a hiking group. The best part of ATS is how much fun we have. Um, we bonded post COVID, you know, we were working out twice a week. So everybody is bonded and our age groups, our age group is 30 years old to 74 years old in all shapes and sizes and abilities. The, rep- uh, the recruiting part, I'll let Julie
6: tell you about that.
3: Julie, what, yeah, well, what are you doing?
6: Yeah. So, Haley, you know, at one time at the beginning, I would, um, you know, uh, promote and get people from the Georgia Association of Black Women Attorneys, which I was a founding member and past president. So the first uh, seven of us back in 2014, we were all lawyers. But now, ATS members are the best recruiters after they have completed their first triathlon. They recruit their friends, their colleagues, and family members, and they join ATS. We have new members to join even now during COVID. They, you know, a friend just emailed me the other night this weekend and said oh i've recruited so-and-so um and she's already paid her dues i'm like all righty then we can go with that we can go with that because they couldn't participate in some of our pop-up events and we'll definitely need many many volunteers to put on our COVID." Say inaugural super spread. So we were through on and on. And for the last two years, 2019 and 2020, our membership doubled just because everyone brought at least one person the next year. And on a historical note, the inaugural APS class of 2014 had only seven members, all lawyers. And in 2020, ATS had 70 members that registered to participate in the Meek and Mighty Sprint and Olympic races at St. Anthony's Triathlon. So every member brings one member or a couple of members. So that's how our membership has grown and even in uh, COVID, we have gotten new members.
3: Right, how much fun you have. It's not just a tagline, it's actually happening and that does so <laughs> one in on that fun. And Deborah, I, I'm gonna ask you this because you are the treasurer of the ATS and when I looked at the website, I loved that I saw a donate button on the new website. So can you tell our listeners why they should consider donating?
7: Thanks Haley, I appreciate that question. Well, it starts with our mission, which Julie read and which is posted on the website. And I'm going to read just the first part of the first sentence of the mission. To introduce the sport of triathlon to the black community to positively impact its health and fitness. That is the first part of our mission. So as a physician, I have a special interest in in closing the gap in health disparities. Clearly physical fitness has a significant role to play in preventing illness and improving health. As a nation, we're now openly discussing how to impact the effects of systemic racism. Helping people achieve their optimal state of health may be the most important impact we can have. And for that reason alone, I think donors can feel good about a contribution to Atlanta Tri-Sisters. The other thing I would say is that becoming a triathlete involves pushing yourself to do things you never dreamed of. It is truly a confidence builder and I believe increases your chances of success in other parts of your life. So as our listeners are thinking about donating, they can think about helping people optimize their health and build self-confidence that positively impacts all aspects of their lives.
3: So well said. Julie, after our last conversation, I actually did hear from a few women who said your story really did inspire them to consider doing a triathlon. So it's hard to believe it's been nine months since that call and we're still in a pandemic and races are still being postponed or canceled. We know that you have a special talent for motivating people. So as we close this conversation, do you have any additional words of encouragement for our listeners that might keep them going even if race day might still be a few more months away?
6: Well, Haley, I would just say that you need to find an accountability partner. Get a training program and keep swimming, biking, running, stress training, yoga, hiking, or whatever to keep your fitness level And most importantly, to avoid gaining that COVID-19 weight, and you will be ready for your next race. There are endless free triathlon training programs and every type of Zoom and YouTube dryland workout programs for triathletes. So in my mind, there is no excuse for not maintaining your triathlon fitness. There's a great saying, I don't know who to attribute it to, but it goes like this, and listen carefully. (laughs) If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So (laughs) that's what I would say.
3: Great advice. Stay ready. And the races are coming. The races are coming. Julie, it's been so great to catch up with you. I'm so excited about everything that Atlanta Tri Sisters has has done in the past nine months. I mean, I was excited nine months ago and it just you have just shown you, uh, you know, the last through this pandemic that you can keep that motivation going. Stay ready. Um, I've loved learning Deborah and Melanie's stories as well. Thank you, you, all three of you for coming on the show. And I'm going to be watching June 6th. It's on my calendar. I'll be sending some good vibes for, for that, um, Atlanta tri-sisters triathlon. And I do hope that we can, uh, check out that website and get some photos post-race.
6: Thanks, Haley. Thank
7: you (laughs) so much. This was fun.
6: Yes.
0: Hey, feisty folks. Jamila here, the Feisty Team Community Innovator. In June of 2020, we launched the Feisty Team to help you all stay feisty no matter what the year threw your way. Over the last six months, we've come together as a team to try and make the world a feistier place and connect with other like-minded friends in triathlon and endurance sports. We meet every month and bring in experts that can help us on the path to building feistiness in ourselves and others and create meaningful change in our sport and community. The monthly subscription is only $22 and you'll get monthly feisty huddles and webinars with expert guests, big sponsor discounts, swag and monthly prizes, challenges to stay motivated, a community of feisty like-minded friends. Plus, we are adding new initiatives all the time, like our new book club and virtual workouts. Go to feistyteam.com to join us and become a part of the feistiest team in endurance sports so we can crush 2021 together. That is feistyteam.com.
4: Kaylee, have you ever been jealous of the elite running or cycling groups who are able to get their blood work done super quickly and efficiently because they have a doctor on staff? Yes, I have been jealous. I have a great primary care physician,
3: but I'll admit, sometimes I'm curious about certain blood markers in between my annual doctor visits. Me too, and that's why I'm excited Inside Tracker is here. Inside Tracker is on demand blood testing. You pick your plan online, schedule your blood draw appointment locally, and get your results within
4: a few days. My favorite part, they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips too. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off of their entire store. Just go to Insidetracker.com slash Ironwomen and get started.
3: Alyssa, I feel like women like Julie, Deborah, and Melanie are just, they're treasures in our sport. And I'm so glad that they are part of our community and they're doing everything they can to grow this sport. And one of the things that has stuck out in my conversations with them is that the importance of relays in triathlon and how relays are really a good conduit into getting more people into triathlon. They get to kind of, you know, in, in, participate they get to participate in the sport but they don't necessarily have to do the entire triathlon so if you're coming from a running background or a swimming background or a cycling background it's a fun way to be part of it and then decide ah do i want to do all all three next time or do i just like doing relays and do i want to always be the swimmer or do the swim bike or be the runner and be a part of the triathlon community without necessarily doing the entire triathlon so it it has given me a new appreciation and i was curious have you ever done a triathlon relay I
4: have Haley. I I think the only time I did one was one year at Eagleman 70.3. And I think I had done the relay because I want to say maybe I was racing Ironman Coeur d'Alene like soon after that, or I had maybe an Ironman coming up quickly after that. And so I didn't want to do the full 70.3 and do the run, but I really wanted that like um, swim in the bike, um, effort, you know, as part of training. And so I had like a runner friend who was willing to do a half marathon in the middle of the heat on the Eastern Shore Maryland, which like very few people would willingly throw themselves into. And I'm always grateful for Carly for doing things like that for me. But, um, you know, for me, it was like a fun way to get in the training. Every Eagleman was a big thing for my tri community when I was living in Baltimore. And so I got to go and be part of that experience without having to like, you know, race the whole thing. So I'm definitely a fan of the, the relay action. And I can see how that is, you know, like you said, just a, an avenue for a lot more people to get into the sport and to do it kind of like a piece at a time. Um, have you ever done the relay? I have. I did a relay with my sister and my
3: cousin, like an ex-Terra actually, but I did the
4: swim. (laughs) People always probably are like trying to recruit you for like (laughs) if they need a swimmer. It's like, I bet you're like top of everyone's list for that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my rates are pretty reasonable. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't charge. (laughs) But
3: but I was going to say actually this summer, hopefully at the Bozeman Triathlon, I am hoping to do the relay with molly hayes who was a past guest i'll do this swim for her and um so fingers crossed that happens but yes big fan of relays i'm also i am very much looking forward to um you know 2022 and beyond and hopefully maybe getting a chance to travel to atlanta and participate in one of these atlanta tri sisters races now that julie and deborah are getting race director certified i think I'm adding, you know, I I, whatever distance, you know, I'm also, I'm not opposed to doing sprint distance. You know, I love throwing in, I mean, it scares me a little to like throw in a sprint distance or super sprint race because going hard is not, or going shorter is not necessarily easier, I think in our line of racing, but, um, that is on my bucket list. Now, once races can return and we can travel easily and we can all get together, I want to be at one of the Atlanta Tri-Sisters races.
4: I'm with you, Haley. They make it sound really fun. And we know with these ladies, it will be a good time. So, um, you and I love to have reunions in Atlanta too. So, I feel like I should, I need to put it on my list and you'll have to keep me posted of when you plan to head there. And um, I'll see if I can swing it. Maybe we can both be in a competing relay against each other. Oh my God.
3: We should totally do it. This is going to be great. But thank you again to Julie, Deborah, and Melanie for great conversation. Thanks to Jackie for telling us about Challenge Miami and Alyssa. Enjoy your evening daylight. Even, um, you know, sunsets are awful. Are awful nice, and you can still watch
4: the sunrise. You just get you can sleep a little later, and then also still see the sunrise. <laughs> Very true, Haley. And again, I'm I'm really happy with seeing how happy it's making you. So that's totally worth it, then too. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast, hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadesky. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Lindsay Glassford. Thank
3: you to our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Prevenix, Zelio Skincare, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear. You can find all websites and discount codes in our show notes at ironwomenpodcast.com.